Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Unstable Horizons, Smart Domestication, and Corrupting Peace. Why? We hear more about Hillary Clinton, as well as all the other crazy things that are going on over there in Hong Kong. Not only that, but we take a trip into the future, back to the future, where we talk about smart homes, Amazon's Experience Center, Google secretly harvesting detailed health information from millions of Americans. Yeah, that's right. As if you already didn't know this. And then we finish off the episode by talking about all this wicked and corrupt shit we just keep seeing. AOC promoting drag queen, vampire occult shows, uh, the statue of the pagan god Molech being erected outside of the Roman Colosseum, as well as this concept of Omnicide. What is all of this death worship for? Why are we seeing all this chaos unfold? We're going to be getting into this and more in this edition. But first, before we get started, a few quick updates. This has been a very, very information-packed week, if you guys haven't noticed. The mini-cast we did with Secret Societies Ruling the World, uh, as well as the, the, the shows or the guests that joined us, I, I, I made all that stuff public so you guys can see it. Me addressing Antifa, the Freedom First flag-waving march, and all that and more is in the description bar. And with that being said, let's start the show. Crazy. The news is getting crazy. Things are popping. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction. Whichever one you prefer, this is show number 919. Season 9, episode 19. We'll have a few more days, really, left. I'd say a few more weeks left, really. We only have like one more month left of 2019, and that's like where we're at. We only have like a few more weeks left, a few more episodes left of season 19, and then that's a wrap. There we go. You know, days are the days are getting crazy. The news is getting crazy. Things are popping up out of nowhere. You know, it's just nuts. It really is getting kind of wild. Uh, you know, if you guys did not tune in to the fantastic Instagram Live we did this Wednesday, you guys missed out. Not only did you guys hear me address Antifa, they wrote an article about your boy, which you can find in the description bar below, uh, but we also had two fantastic guests, both of which were from the UK, uh, one where we talked about religion, spirituality, uh, the importance of having self-control and self-discipline, and another uh, where we actually talked about uh, the, adver- the, the, the detrimental effects of summoning the devil. It's the easiest way to put it. Uh, because... Uh, because the information that we found in the second one, in the second call, was so uh, important, I decided to go ahead and make it public. I really struggled with that. I wanted to make it exclusive to try to drag you guys over there to the exclusive members program, but these are the types of things that I feel like people need to discuss uh, and hear. So if if you guys missed out, you can definitely find those in different installments in the description bar below because it was a fantastic transmission. It was borderline its own separate show. Uh, and I say this because this is the type of work that we should be doing. This is the reason as to why social media is created in the first place, uh, to share these stories, to make other people aware, and to get engaged and help communicate. Uh, you know, whenever we had the second call with Jinsai03, all, all kinds of different people were commenting uh, solutions, and I thought that was the best part about it, is we were putting these problems out here into the world, and while the world was watching, they were responding accordingly 
providing solutions, and that's what we need. That's what I'm here to do. You know, I always talk about how this 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 thing we've created, how it's a platform for all of us, and uh, just to see it kind of happen live time. You know, it's almost awe-inspiring. Really fires me up. Really makes me want to do more. Uh, <laughs> and you guys couldn't hear this because the audio was cut out before uh, we took that second that second call. Uh, but earlier this week, we were supposed to be simulcasting that very same Instagram Live on Fedbook, YouTube, and uh, another streaming platform as well. I had I, I wanted to have uh, somebody we might have join our team come over and do some film work with us, but some 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 stuff happened. My point behind telling you all these things and introing the episode this way is to tell you guys, uh, not only is the year ending, but we're already thinking about next year and the different types of ways that we can, again, diversify the information because you good people deserve it. There's a lot of work that goes into this. This isn't just hosting memes, type yes if you agree, on, 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 on social media. There's so many different facets and aspects to this operation that it blows my mind. And some of it, come, some of it really does come from necessity. And it really does come from you, the audience, of what you guys want uh, from somebody like me, a content provider that is conscious and focused on providing solutions. And so to that, I just have to kind of clap my hands, say thank you guys uh, for this amazing honor, and let's start the show. So, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm still kind of, I'm getting, I'm, I'm over the hump of this cold. So I don't think sick brain's going to take over so much in this episode. I think that's a good thing. Uh, but the fatigue does set in. But my point is, is this is going to be a, a, a kind of mild-mannered episode. I say that. But you guys know how this goes. I get fired up reading certain things. I get triggered by certain types of information. And I go from there. Uh, but I think the best way to kind of start this episode in the Unstable Horizons segment is to bring up just the work of Hillary Clinton. You know, more and more do we see Hillary popping her face up in the news. And I've been talking about this, you know, how she's going to run. She's basically all but running other than in name only. You know, she's still campaigning. She's still doing interviews. She's still talking to people. She's still cackling when other people say you should run. You know, you, you, you've really got to think about this, man. Twice failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton will run again because third time's a charm. Right. And as I've said before, we were not evil enough for Hillary Clinton yet. There were some things that had to happen politically and sociologically to get us on board. And we've seen that happen all throughout the year. The gradual decadence that we find ourselves in. I'm going to formally address in the third segment, uh, AOC promoting the drag queens vampire occult show and then the, 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 the drag queen that we saw on Halloween. I'm going to formally address that because that's what's happening. When you have a, a congresswoman literally endorsing drag queen story time or drag queen occult magic shows, that tells you, again, where we're at. This is, none of this should be normal, okay? And that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. We were not evil enough yet for Hillary Clinton. We were not ready for Hillary Clinton. We still had some reserves. We still had some inhibitions. We still kind of pulled ourselves back. They, throughout the entire year, they have removed those inhibitions. They have fostered being reactionary. They have fostered being in your emotions. They have, they have nurtured uh, being a slave to everything external. So as, uh, there's, there's just so many different angles I could come at with this to, to, to explain the point of how we were not ready for Hillary Clinton. Some people still wanted to save the country and do wholesome things. These days, not so much. 
These days, people want to give in to the darkness, and they want to cozy up. I'm going to do a quick article headline blitz real quick, and we'll get into this article from your Newswire. It says, Hillary Clinton, I'm facing enormous pressure to run against Trump again. This is put by your Newswire by Sean Nantasalabi, November 13th. Also on November 13th from Sean, uh, from Sean Nantasalabi of your Newswire. Hillary Clinton, I constantly think about what kind of president of the United States I would have been. This next one comes from Summit.News by Swatson, Paul Joseph Watson. It says, Hillary, I want to retire Trump. She says she feels a sense of responsibility. The twice-failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has just admitted that she feels, quote, enormous pressure to consider a 2020 White House run. In an interview with BBC Radio 5 Live, Clinton said, quote, many, many, many people are pressuring her to run against Trump for a second time. And she thinks about it, quote, all the time. Breitbart.com reports when asked about her future in politics, Clinton said, quote, I feel a sense of responsibility, partly because, you know, my name was on the ballot. I got more votes, but ended up losing to the current incumbent in the White House, who I really think is undermining our democracy in very fundamental ways. And I would like to retire him. When asked if she is absolutely ruling out a 2020 run, Clinton said, quote, I, as I say, never, never, never say never. I will certainly tell you. I'm under enormous pressure from many, many, many people to think about it. But as, but as of this moment, sitting here in this studio, talking to you, uh, that, is not, that is absolutely not in my plans. Hillary, ain't nobody asking you to run. Quit lying. We know that you're the only one telling yourself to run. You see, you, gotta work, you, you really have to think about the media manipulations what they do. You know, it's like that Mr. Me Too guy or the person that's always saying like, oh, I can do those things too. The person that like lies to themselves and then says, you know, like they can do all kinds of cool things when nobody really said that they could. And so they, they started, you know, buffing themselves up in line. That's what Hillary Clinton's doing right here. Nobody asked you to run Hillary. No, nobody wants to see you run again. But see, that's the thing. As I've been saying for, for, for quite some time now, she was just going to appear up out of nowhere, snatch the victory, and take it. You already see, uh, you already see them lining up with big tech. You already see the, 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 the election rigging, the election meddling, and you see it all. You know, it seems like every other day we're posting about how Hillary Clinton's in the news. You know, or how, she's trying to, how she says she's not trying to run. How she's already campaigning, just not in name. I want to play for you guys real quick, since we're here talking about Hillary Clinton, this video of her... <laughs> uh, at Portland's Revolution, at Portland's Revolution Hall, back in October, where she laughs with delight after an audience audience member suggested that she should run for president, because she knows that she's going to. She will. To vote for them. So, can we talk about that? Yeah. No. Look, all that matters is that we win. I hate to. I hate to be so. You know, sort of simplistic about it. We have to nominate. <clears throat> the you know the best <laughs> oh my well thank you thank you I, I i just i just i just feel so strongly that if you guys didn't catch that somebody in the audience shouted out that we need to vote for you what's going on now with the impeachment inquiry is not a choice it was an obligation under the constitution 
And so trying to run a campaign where this constitutional crisis is taking place and you have to be not only aware of it, but address it, while still trying to put forth your platform, your agenda, to vote for them. Your agenda. So can we talk about... A whole lot of different things to look at there, but just, just keep that in mind. That was back in October. She's been doing this for quite some time. We are going to see more of Hillary Clinton. That's just how this works. Uh, she's not going to back down. You know, it, I guess that's an admirable feature about her, you know, after being cheated on by Bill Clinton and then getting run over by like Obama and then just kind of getting slapped in the face by Trump. I guess it's an admirable feat for her to continue to do these types of things uh, in, in a weird way. You know, that's just how all this stuff works. But my point behind introing the episode with this, with the Unstable Horizons segment, is to talk to you guys about just that. The impeachment query, the impeachment inquiry, what happens if people, uh, uh, what happens when these people get in power? You see? And so this is, this is where I want people to start thinking about things these days. I'm not necessarily worried so much about Trump. But I am. You know, he's doing authoritarian things, no doubt. But I'm more or less worried about who comes after Trump. You see all the other roadblocks that are being re removed. Uh, you see all the other powers being given to the president. You see all this. You, you see this overreach, uh, you know, getting rid of due process. You see all these other crazy things happening, like with our judicial system, our legal system, and so much more. I'm not worried about Trump because he's doing everything he's supposed to do to, dis to scramble everything for whoever comes afterward. When, when, like, I, I guess a better way to say it is this. We always talk about how, uh, you know, we don't think police officers and sheriffs and, and, and people like that are going to enforce gun control. You're right, because these are people that believe in the Constitution, believe in the country, they have a history. But whenever they start importing all kinds of other people from different countries to become law enforcement, and then you have people who have sketchy backgrounds, already involved in gangs, are already involved in, like, sketchy stuff, period, they're going to come take your guns. What I'm trying to tell you is they're getting rid of the Constitution on purpose, they're intentionally uh, perverting the concept of America simply so they can come through and change it. That's what we're seeing right now. I mean, even, I think, what was it, this week in, in Bolivia, there was a protest because they were trying to rewrite the Constitution. That's where we're at. And the entirety of Trump's presidency is to define a whole new America, a whole new America on a global scale. And Hillary Clinton is the embodiment of that. So the political theory that we're seeing with people like Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, uh, uh, um, Kamala Harris, you know, all these people there. And as I told you throughout the entirety of the, of, the, of the debates, none of these people are meant to be memorable. None of these people were meant to actually stick. None of these people could stand up to Trump. And that's not a, a boast to Trump. I'm saying that these people were puppets, as they all typically are. But if you're able to take a step back and look at how they were just designed to inject talking points from the United Nations where Hillary is already working, you have to understand. Like, I, I think that's why I trip out. So the unstable horizons is, is, is what does our future look like whenever we have these authoritarians take over? Because you already see them subverting natural law. You already see them getting rid of, uh, uh, like I said, due process, uh, doing this whole election inquiry, the show, the political theater. What happens when these people get in power and they begin to come after everybody else that doesn't share the same viewpoint is them. I mean, we're already seeing it over here on social media. What happens when this goes hot and live? You see. And that's something that people need to think about. Speaking of going hot and live, 
Let's talk about these Hong Kong protests beginning to descend into madness. Straight into madness. Uh, they have been, Hong Kong has been shut down for a fourth day. I'm going to guess, I'm just going to go through and kind of give you guys a, a smattering of the articles of the things that have happened kind of just this week alone uh, that, that, that are kind of crazy, if you ask me, just to keep you guys up to date with the Hong Kong protests. Um, but a man was set on fire. If you could believe that, a man was literally set on fire. This is from the this is from uh, Zero Heads. They put this up November 11th. It says man set on fire in Hong Kong after confronting quote enemy of the people rioters. In one of the most gruesome videos to emerge from Hong Kong's increasingly violent protests, an unidentified man was set on fire during an argument on the street in Hong Kong. The older man, seen in the video wearing a green shirt, reportedly helped chase demonstrators from a train station as they worked to dispute or as they worked to disrupt the Monday morning commute. As the crowd started to disperse, the man was filmed arguing with young people who appear to be supporters of the protesters. According to the South China Morning Post, the video shows the man who was bleeding walking away from the group and shouting, quote, you are not Chinese. A member of the group responds, quote, we are Hong Kongers, as the man walks away. Then a shouted insult prompts him to return and confront the young demonstrators. As the man starts arguing once again with the crowd, a person dressed in black and wearing a face mask runs up from behind him and douses the man in clear liquid. He then lights the man on fire with a lighter, instantly engulfing him in flames. This is in Sha Tin, Hong Kong, 12.50 p.m., November 11th. A man with a bleeding face was in the middle of a dispute with a group of protesters in an overpass. He's shouting, basically trying to, you know, as you, as you do with these debates, but suddenly someone from the group poured liquid on him. And in two strikes, guys, I'm telling you, audio listeners, you can't really see this, but in two seconds, man, some guy comes up with a bottle, squirts it on him. Guy doesn't even have time to react. Another guy comes up with a, with a lighter, boom, sets him on fire. It is gruesome. It is crazy. But that's just one thing. Uh, you know, we have another video caught on video. Hong Kong protesters shot by the police during a morning clash. This is what I mean by the, the, the protests descending into chaos. This is another article from Zero Hedge. They put this up uh, set November 11th. It says Hong Kong police opened fired and hit at least one protester on Monday, according to multiple news sources, as chaos erupted around the city, across the city a day after officers fired tear gas to break up demonstrations that are entering their sixth month. Hong Kong getting lit. Police fired live rounds at protesters on the eastern side of Hong Kong Island, and local cable TV said one protester was wo one protester was wounded when police opened fire. Video footage showed a protester lying in a pool of blood with his eyes wide open. Police also pepper sprayed and subdued a woman nearby as plastic crates were thrown at officers. The video shared on social media showed there's actually footage going around right now of uh, these protests getting so out of hand that they're literally like beating women 
that girls that are on their way to school because we're going to read about the Hong Kong universities being transformed into weapons facilities now. Girls trying to go make their way to school, they're literally getting beaten by these protesters because either A, they, they're with China, or B, they're not with the protests. I don't know. But that's what I mean by these, by these things descending into madness. These protests are entering into their sixth month. Uh, and, and yes, the extradition, the extradition bill, the core reason as to why this started in the first place, it has been dropped. Right. They're not going to pass that bill. It's not going through. It's dead. They killed it because the initial reason this protest happened, people were being China wanted to create an extradition bill so that if you committed a crime in Hong Kong or if you committed a crime in China, you could be extradited from Hong Kong to China to have to be prosecuted, to be to do to to have your crimes uh, processed, basically. <laughs> The Hong Kongers were like, hey, no, there's no way. We, we know how China, cre- uh, how China treats its prisoners, how it treats its political dissidents. It harvests organs and sells them on the black market. We're not down for that. And then for the next six months uh, up until today, this is what we've seen. The start of this whole process was to, was to say no to the extradition bill. It dropped. But as we've talked about over here on the show, what we're seeing is a form of globalism happen with Hong Kong and China. And when I say that these protests are now beginning to descend into madness, we don't know what these people are fighting for. I mean, right now they're talking about curfews and things being 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 brought up to help restore order. And for our audio listeners, I want to play this other quick video. Um, or for our video listeners, I just want to play this quick video. It's from the George Report feed. We put this up November 12th. It says Hong Kong bloodshed is in a dangerous new phase. Protesters in Hong Kong battled police on multiple fronts Tuesday from major disruptions during the, mo- during the morning rush hour to a late night standoff at a prominent university as the five-month-old anti-government movement takes an increasingly violent turn. Gasoline bombs and fire lit- fires lit up the night at Chinese University of Hong Kong while police massed for a possible clearing action with a water cannon t- truck. We are literally seeing... Not only not only students fight back, people fight back, but so many different things uh, with this Hong Kong protest that it's amazing. It really is. I mean, these are the sons of liberty. If you ask me, these are the people fighting for 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 their own independence and their freedom. Uh, but like I said, when it descends to this kind of madness point of view to where things are this crazy and we don't know what's happening. That's when you have to start asking questions. This next article I'm going to read you guys, it also comes from Zero Hedge. I guess they're just on point these days with actual real news. We put this up November 14th. It says, quote, I'll die for Hong Kong. Students transform campuses into armories as protests rage for the fourth straight day. It says the situation in Hong Kong went from bad to worse on Thursday. It's unprecedented weekday protests, a violation of the tacit government or the tacit agreement between the pro-democracy movement and the business community not to disrupt weekday commerce, continued for a fourth day on Thursday. After a squad of Hong Kong police officers earlier this week raided the campus of Chinese University of Hong Kong but purportedly found nothing, protesters accused them of unjustly harassing students, many of whom are simply just trying to get through their semester. Just a day later, student protesters, the backbone of the increasingly radical movement, are openly making petrol bombs and having cordoned off their campuses, transforming them into literal staging grounds for the protest movement. In one video circulating on Twitter, students at the CUHK uh, have established checkpoints around the campus's perimeter to stop any undercover cops from entering. As Reuters describe it, quote, Hundreds of young people dressed in black set about turning several of Hong Kong's top universities into fortresses, 
well-stocked with improvised weapons. At City University of Hong Kong, Reuters said protesters were using ping-pong tables, potted plants, furniture, sports equipment, and bamboo to build a network of barricades to block roads and fortify the entrances to stop the student to, to and fortify the entrances to the student resident complex. Some took garden hose and hammered nails into them to create rope-like lines that would rip up car tires. Meanwhile, hundreds of protesters wearing gas masks and helmets accumulated piles of paving bricks and ceramic tiles to hurl at the police, while others stockpiled dozens of petrol bombs to distribute to their forward positions. So what you're literally seeing, and this is going to come here to America, what you're seeing in Hong Kong is an active, an active civil war, man, or an active war, where you're literally having the people go up against the government. There, I guess there was an agreement between like the, the, the business district and the students, right? the protesters saying, we will not disrupt commerce. We will not disrupt uh, uh, money coming into the country or money, money coming into the island. But, bec- but because of these protests, and this is put up by Tracy Alloway over here on Twitter, November 14th, uh, it says, but because of these protests, here's a list of events that are getting canceled in Hong Kong because of these protests. You have the Hong Kong Pride Parade. The AAPA's 63 Assembly, the annual Hong Kong Tattoo Convention, golf tournaments, racing, fireworks display, and many others. You guys can find that article over there at Bloomberg.com, everything that's being canceled in, the, in Hong Kong due to the protests. And the point behind this is showing that while points are getting across, we're in the stages of asking the question of, are, are, is more damage being done? Is the message getting across, or are we now doing more damage than we thought? You know, and I can't say because we we're not boots on the ground. We're not there. We don't know what these people are doing. We don't know the situation. We don't know like how to read in between the lines of what's going on in Hong Kong. All we're really doing is reporting on it. You know, from our point of view. But these are the types of things that are, that are happening. You know, the last time that we had talked about Hong Kong, I remember somebody saying that these people are like the Antifa. Of Hong Kong, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile that. Part of me was like, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, even if they're wearing like the black masks and the the baklavas and the black clothes and all that other stuff, I just, I guess that just it doesn't make. I couldn't see it. You know, but this is the this is the problem with fake news and misinformation. Uh, this is the problem whenever we don't have people that are on, the, like I said, boots on the ground, giving us unbiased information about what's actually happening. But whenever you do have people that are beating up random, random people, ladies that are trying to get to, to, to class, people that are just trying to go about their business, that's whenever you're dealing with terrorism. And this last slide uh, in this article that we put up is from Global Times. It's a tweet. It says, the Hong Kong government is expected to announce a curfew for weekends, for the weekend. It means that the, the protests... After having protests banned, masks banned, and all this other crazy stuff within that five-month period, they're now beginning to institute curfews, okay? And that's whenever you start talking about all kinds of other crazy things that, that go on with there. Imagine that. You have to be home, indoors, by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. They put troops on the streets, and if you're out after that, you know, that it's free game. But this is how these things escalate. Unlike the yellow vest protests that we covered earlier this year, where they had like at least 11 different goals of things that they were trying to change 
we don't know what's going on with the Hong Kong protests. And as I said before at the start of this, when we delve straight into this, we're seeing these things descend into madness. We're seeing this fight for freedom become obscure. And what's going to end up happening is information is going to be, it's, it's going to get to like a drip feed level to where we're not really going to know what's going to happen with Hong Kong. They're going to begin to control information. They're going to stop coverage. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to censor videos. They're going to delete posts. And then all we're going to be able to know is whatever they tell us. And that's why this is also important because we have to actively see how the, how the media manipulations go, how this all works, how people that do end up fighting for their own freedom end up being labeled terrorists by an authoritarian government. You see? You see how that works? That's, that's the level that we're working with here, the sophistication. And so whenever these kids are kind of uh, uh, turning, these, turning these houses or turning these students or the, the, these campuses into armories to protect themselves, it's because they're trying to basically have their own bastions, have their own places. You know, and a whole, we could have, there's, there could be a whole separate discussion, you know, about how, about that, how these campuses are already armories, how they're just churning out soldiers for the New World Order, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Maybe we'll cover that in the third segment. My point behind putting all this on the, the, at the start of the show with the Unstable Horizon segment is to show you guys how fast civil war can happen, how fast a good message can get just converted into something dangerous. And if you don't think that this is going to come to America, you have another thing coming to you. You've got another thing coming to you if you don't think that this is coming to America because this is, this is how this all works. The entire world is in upheaval right now. Everywhere. We, are, we truly are in the days of revolution. And now is the time to act. Because we can't go back. That's the crazy part is we won't go back. But... Since we're here talking about, uh, about this Hong Kong situation, you know, I think it's only imperative that we, that we again, highlight the powers of the individual person, uh, the idea of freedom, liberty, justice for, justice for all, and why that's important, and how we're gradually being entered into a day and age of, of submission, of oppression, of obey, and so much more. And that's dangerous because we are truly limiting potentiality. We're limiting everything we can do. You see, but people don't think about these things. And that's why it's important that we're here to do these types of things, to cover this type of information. I want to read one more article to you guys uh, about the Hong Kong protests. You know, just, just again, marking everything that's going on, you know, you have people saying that it's now June 14th, 1989, and that's them trying to say that this is the Tiananmen Square 2.0. You know, they're trying to say that we are fighting for a pro-democracy. This next article comes from Zero Hedge. Still, it's by Tyler Durden. They put this up November 13th. It says, it's now June 4th, 1989. Hong Kong paralyzed for three for a third day as demonstrators prepare for war. And this is this literally went down. This article was put out before the one that we put uh, read to you guys just now. This is them literally preparing to begin to weaponize these campuses and turn them into armories and factories to where they can produce weapons and just have a bastion. Uh, but this article, it talks about how their violent protests continued in Hong Kong for a third day on Wednesday, crippling transport links and clogging roads and prompting many major companies in the city, including HSBC and BNP Paribas 
to instruct employees to stay home from work to avoid the risk of physical harm. And in anticipation of more violence tomorrow, the Hong Kong Education Bureau has said that all kindergarten primaries, kindergartners, uh, primary schools, secondary schools, and special education needs schools will cancel class on Thursday for safety reasons, according to an official statement. Most universities in Hong Kong have suspended classes until next week or converted them to online only for the rest of the semester. And after the clashes from earlier this week, more than 80 man- mainland Chinese students have been evacuated for their own safety. Protesters, uh, protesters set up an elaborate roadblock on Wednesday in the city's central district, a direct attack on one of the city's main business hubs, while also disrupting travel on other major thoroughfares in Ku Long Tong, Yuan Long, and Taipo. According to routers, about 1,000 protesters were busy manning the roadblocks come lunchtime. Some hurled, brocks, hurled, hurled bricks at luxury brand stores and other prime real estate. Quote, it's now 4th June, 1989, was scrawled on windows of a fashion store. Giorgio, Giorgio Armani gave reference to the crackdown by Chinese troops on pro-democracy protesters in Beijing's Tiananmen Square. As the violence escalates, a video has, surf- has surfaced briefly online, purporting showing a man lying motionless on the ground in Shuangxu as a group of black-clad protesters can be seen hurling bricks. The man's condition is believed to be very bad, or near fatal, according to the SCMP. So basically what they're talking about is just, again, the gradual destabilization that's taking place. And I want to play for you guys real quick this clip of where we have a man yelling at Chinese uh, police officers. Let's take a listen. And that's them wanting their own constitution, wanting their own, their own rights, realizing that they're being treated like slaves, like chattel, and demanding for accountability, demanding for some semblance of respect. In this totalitarian world of ours, is that so hard to ask for? So really keep these types of things in mind. If you don't think this type of stuff is happening here, I can tell you for sure that the police are already getting hyper-militarized. They're already, they're already running drills. They're already wanting to come after people. I mean, before coming on the air, we talked about how uh, there's a mayor in Kentucky trying to remove a 40-year-old law uh, that, that protects people's private, uh, their privacy. They're, uh, like, you have to understand, they're trying to, they're trying to figure out a way to scientifically come after people. You have to figure out, you have to understand that these people, these authoritarians, they're, 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 they're very crafty. People fight, like, think about this. We've gotten to a point where people will not stand up for anything that they believe in. And if they do, it's considered treasonous. It's considered terrorism. It's considered uh, uh, destabilizing. This is why it's so crazy. It's because you have people fighting for everybody's rights, trying to uh, try to show the world 
how we have got to start fighting all of this. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not left against right. Where we're at these days, we're in the corporatocracy. We're in the technocracy. We have to understand that in the technocracy, they can use these jackboots of the states who, were, who will just follow orders, who don't understand that by following orders, they're complicit in the authoritarian takeover. They've already submitted. It truly is a day and age of where it is the people against the government. It is a people against the, against the corporations. All we have is the ability to vote with our dollars and, our vote, and vote with our lifestyles. And these protests, as crazy and as chaotic as they are, this has to be a way to show people that we can't live like this. Remember a few weeks ago, I asked you good people, what future do you want to live in? Is it the 1984 Chinese Orwellian future that they want? Or is it the 1776 revolution? The American-based revolution where we get freedom and renaissance and all this crazy stuff out of it. Or are we just going to submit and turn ourselves into items and numbers? This is what I mean by the unstable horizons. The entire, state, the entire stake of the future, or the entire future is at stake right now. Everything is up in the air. These truly are chaotic times. But you know what comes out of chaos? Order. And you know, what that, you know how that happens is through change. And that's what we have to be appreciative of. Yes, this stuff is crazy. But that means that there's greater things, even greater battles along the way. We have to, we have to expose all these injustices so that we can change them. And you know what else is going to change? These topics and the segment. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back... We're going to get into the whole smart home, whole smart city technocracy, the scientific dictatorship, all this other crazy stuff that's going on. Uh, Amazon experience centers, NBC promoting the uses of microchips, the Chinese social credit score system, Google being on a power trip, and so much more. Smart domestication. In this segment, we, we talked about the unstable horizons. Can people recognize danger? Do they have the ability to, to be aware of negativity, of the evil, of the of the oppression, of the true tyranny. And in this next segment, we're going to be talking about, again, more of their efforts to domesticate the population, to, to, to have them literally give over their power, to be disenfranchised from their power, to become a techno-surf. We're talking about neo-feudalism and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
That's right. We're here. You know, earlier this week, whenever, it's either earlier this week or last Sunday, Sunday uh, this past Sunday, good Lord, some, sometimes it kind of just like all streams together. But I, was, I remember talking about in depth about how government has failed us. We are in the day and age of where government has failed us, and we're seeing the gradual rise of corporations and, te uh, of corporations and industry take over. I talk about all the time how Trump's whole presidency is to give us the illusion that capitalism is coming back for them just to come through with this global communism or this global socialism disguised in the name of environmentalism, and then, and then that, that's what they're going to do. That's, that's, that's the plan. But in doing so, they have to get everybody on board. This is why you see people saying, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2030. This is why you have different, different cities uh, accepting the Green New Deal. You have to understand that the environmental movement and the technocratic movement are actually one and the same. And how and how how sophisticated some of this stuff is. So when I say that the governments have failed us and that we now have corporations running things, well who's fixing some of the potholes? Is it is it is it Pizza Hut? Is it Target? You see? Who's creating some of these facilities? I talked to you guys about uh, Bill Gates basically buying a chunk of land to turn it into a city. You know, we're going to be talking about Sidewalks Labs, a, a, a subsidiary of Google, trying to do the very same thing out there in Toronto. We, we've reported on how they're doing it uh, in Denver, Colorado as well. I forget what the name of the, the, the space is. But what happens whenever you have Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and other places like that buying up parts of land and then just creating their own cities? We, I, I've, I've, I've made a meme, a spicy meme, about how... Uh, the Saudi Arabian prince, Mohammed bin Salman, has bought a land that is 33 times the size of New York, and he plans to turn that into a smart city, complete with uh, automated cars, robot baristas, holograms, uh, flying taxis, and so much more. The city of the future. And again, I ask you this question, team. Uh, when was the last time you guys have seen the city built? When was the last time you saw like a, a Chicago being created out of nowhere? When was the last time you saw a New York City or, or Denver you know, or a Saskatchewan, you know, <laughs> when was the last time you saw a lake or anything built? You see, so really think about 
the domestication that's actually happened. This is why we see this rotting infrastructure because the pipe systems that we have, it's like almost 50 to 60 years old. We're not creating anything new. Think again about the domestication. Just keep this type of stuff in mind as we go throughout this entire segment. Just keep it in mind. I want to play for you guys this real quick clip, barely a minute long. It comes from, uh, it comes from Back to the Future 2, and it's the scene where you see the future McFlies, where you see Marty's family in the future. And I kind of want to break it down step by step, just different things uh, that were put in this movie back in 1989, ironically enough, back in 1989 that talks about all the stuff that we're living in today. We are history's future today. So let's play this. So the mom just put in a little piece of pizza, basically about the size of like a mini CD, in a Black & Decker hydrator, and she's now basically baking pizza. Ooh. Is that ready? Here you go. Oh boy, oh boy, mom, you sure can hydrate a pizza. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I missed that whole thing. I'm not sure where Jennifer is, Mom. Sure, about hours ago. I don't know what time keeping. Now, the son, the son is drinking coffee with his father, like it's water, super early in the morning. That's how addicted to co to caffeine and other stimulants we are in the future. Uh, and while sitting down at the table, the son has VR goggles on his face, babbling to himself, as you as you guys can hear there clearly. Uh, and in this next scene. The, uh, some kind of fruit-like mechanism, something that carries all the fruits and vegetables is going to drop down from the sky. Fruit. Fruit, Thank you. Aren't you and Jennifer getting along? Oh, yeah, great, Mama. We're like a couple of teenagers. That's how it's needles. That is for you. And now, this is the crazy part about it all. Their phones are on their eyes. And just this week... There's an article that came out about how they want to switch the handheld phones to glasses phones. That's the next step. Like you've already seen in Ready Player One, like you see them creating with the VR goggles and so much more. The idea is to have people literally unable to distinguish reality uh, from fiction. But let's continue. All right, well, I'm take down the den. Excuse me. Attract. Yeah. So I'll, it's a super short clip, but I feel like it's a good way for me to kind of uh, just explain everything that, that we're going to go over, that we're going to go over in this edition, or at least in this segment. So now that that's played in its entirety, I want to start it all over from the start and just let you guys both watch and hear how the future was depicted in the past. Level 
get ready. Here you go. Oh boy, oh boy, Mom. You sure can hydrate a pizza. No, I'm sorry. I missed that whole thing. Al, I'm just worried about Jennifer. Why isn't she home yet? I'm not sure where Jennifer is, Mom. Sure, about some hours ago. I don't know what time keeping track of you guys. Thank you. Aren't you and Jennifer getting along? Oh, yeah, great, Mama. We're like a couple of teenagers, you know? <laughs> Dad, telephones, needles. Dad, is for you. All right, well, I'll take down the den. Excuse me. We're trapped. Yeah. Just so many, so many different things to look at with that. The son just kind of babbling to himself over there in the corner. Nobody's really talking to him or paying him any attention. You know, just the, the lackadaisical nature of the daughter. Just the, the father being worn down. Just the fruit, the machines, the technology, so much more. Uh, what I wish I could have shown for you good people is when the son actually goes into the den and he just basically stares at this wall and there's all kinds of different screens on it. And he asks for like five different channels to look at. But this is this is the smart home. Okay, this is the technocracy. Uh, this is the surveillance state, the surveillance capitalism being brought to you in your house. This is this is what Amazon Alexa is creating. Okay, and that's how it has to start. Uh, so, uh, with without further ado, let's start getting into some of these articles to paint the taint, to paint this picture for you guys. Uh, and the reason I wanted to do this is because of this article that popped up right here, right here. Uh, this comes from Activist Post. They put this up November 12th. It says, new home, quote, Amazon experience centers are really Amazon home surveillance centers. It says, Amazon's experience center tagline says, quote, try smart home devices in person and see how Amazon can simplify your everyday life. It's less about simplification and more about home surveillance. So I'm going to play for you guys this clip and then we'll get into this article. Oh, okay. Well, how, how about we play this clip? We can touch, talk, and it opens. This home in Southern California is wired for the future. Alexa, set the thermostat to 70 degrees. Amazon teamed up with home builder Lennar to install its Alexa technology in homes. They created what's called Amazon Experience Centers. Alexa, movie time. Where customers can test how a simple voice command turns on the TV and even does a bit of cleaning instead of having to see a display at a store. So this is party time. What happens during party time? Party time, your lights will dim. Here we've set our shades to go to 50%. We've got some music going through our solo speakers. It's an experience. It's more than just a feature. It's more that it is anticipating that we are going to live every day and it will, it will function in a very intuitive way. Alexa, good night. The new partnership could give Amazon a boost in the booming smart home market, according to... We can touch the lock. And it opens. And it will unlock. This home in Southern California is wired for the future. Something he said there really just made me kind of want to take a quick pivot to another direction real quick. Uh, earlier this year, we actually heard about how... <laughs> earlier this year, Tucker, Tucker Carlson did like... Um, he did a show where he talked about the dangers of big tech, you know, and how they're literally how, how Google filed a patent to do what Amazon Alexa just did right there to where they can monitor your parental habits 
through through the portal devices that they have. I mean, this is why Facebook came out with its own Facebook portal to watch you in your house. Facebook wants to watch you in your house. Real quick, I just want to play for you guys this this uh, this news class from this this uh, this article, this video from Tucker Carlson, because it's so informative that I feel like it's important that we get it on the air since we're talking about these Amazon experience centers. Tech companies whose brand of surveillance capitalism has come to shape our politics and culture in ways that many people don't perceive. Tonight, we want to give you a very specific example of that. It's both a look into the near future and a terrifying illustration of the control these companies seek over our daily lives. We recently reviewed several patents filed by Google. As we describe them, ask yourself if you're comfortable giving this much power to unelected technocrats you have never met. In the first patent filed in September of 2016, Google envisions how it could send you personalized advertising based on what a camera observes in your home. In the illustration that Google submitted to the federal government, the patent office, a camera in your bedroom sees a Godfather novel on your nightstand next to your bed and uses that to steer you to watching the movie. If you think that's creepy, prepare yourself because it gets a lot creepier. In another patent application from September 2016, Google imagines how it could take control of your parenting, your relationship with your children. Google's smart home system could detect children in your liquor cabinet, for example, or in their parents' bedroom, infer that, quote, mischief is occurring and deliver a verbal warning. In another example, Google imagines a hypothetical child called Benjamin. Google's cameras would be watching Benjamin at all times, carefully. They could see if he's playing outside or using electronics. Presumably, they'd also try to use that information to sell him things at some point, because that's the whole point of Google. The same patent also discusses, discusses how the smart home could coach families on, quote, areas of improvement. For example, if a family doesn't spend enough time together, eating together, in Google's estimation, Google might scold them and suggest that they set a goal of eating more often together. That is Google's description, not ours, by the way. We contacted Google for comment on this, and the company, and we're assuming it was a person and not a robot, replied this way, quote, we file patent applications on a variety of ideas that our employees come up with. Some of those ideas later mature into real products or services, some don't. In other words, don't worry, we're not spying on you yet. We just have a patent for it. And that is Google. That's why I say Google is the devil. But it's a different discussion for a different day. Let's get back into this article where we're talking about these experience centers where you're basically allowing Amazon to rule your life. Like I said, we put this up November 12th. It's from Activist Post. It says, for those of you who missed the good old days when government spies used to bug people's homes, I give you, quote, Amazon Experience Centers. New homes pre-equipped with a mind-boggling array of listening devices. Amazon's Experience Centers tagline, quote, try smart home devices and purses and see, and see how Amazon can simply simplify your everyday. It's less about simplification and more about home surveillance. As NPR notes, Builders like Lennar Homes have pre-installed Amazon smart devices in at least 45,000 new homes this year alone. Lennar Homes offers smart homes as a part of a 48,000 unit or 4,800 unit development that includes other builders. This neighborhood isn't a, isn't a one-off. There are smart home developments in suburbs outside of cities such as Miami and San Francisco. Lennar is making Amazon tech standard on each of the 45,000 homes it builds this year. In the good old days of Cold War espionage, spies relied on putting listening devices in a couple of things like phones and lamps. But now people are purchasing Lennar's homes, new homes, that come equipped with numerous monitoring devices in every room. 
Drew Holmes said, quote, I would not live without them. His favorite is a ring doorbell that logs visitors. Quote, I have teenagers, he said. Quote, it's nice to confirm when they come home, and I have proof of it. And I have proof of it. That's, a, that's creepy. Uh, Amazon and Lennar slogans, quote, welcome to your connected home, and everything's included. And every room's connected is really about collecting personal information about everyone that lives in or visits their homes. Now, I know. <laughs> Think about this. The reason why this is titled the smart domestication is because they're literally getting people used to the idea that there is no privacy. You have no privacy. You have no security. You have no individuality. Everything has to be open. These things are two-way doors. These people think that they're getting the security and the privacy when really they're just giving up all their information to Amazon. And this is how it has to be rolled out. They have to get people to love their enslavement. They have to get them to love their tools, love their toys, and just give it all over. So people can watch their spending habits, watch their, their, their TV history, so they can watch all this stuff. And as we talked about, uh, I, think, I think it was this past Sunday, with the Google Selfish Ledger, where we talked about how you have companies like Google dictating what people will eventually learn, because at, at, after a certain while, people run out of things to like. They, 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 learn, they, they, they have everything they want. Well, Google begins to feed you the information that it thinks you prefer. And then it begins to build a character profile for you based on your decisions, based on your preferences. What I'm trying to say is this is, this is how they turn people into drones. This is what I mean by techno serfdom, by neo-feudalism, where people are just part of this, this, this system with the new gadgets of everything. And you get all these cool toys. You get all these, 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 you get all these little gadgets. And all it costs you is your freedom and your individuality and your, per and your privacy. You know, I think the best way to say it or to put it into perspective for some people, you know, is we say, oh, is Trump's wall to keep them out or is it to keep us in? It's the same thing with this technology. Is it to keep them out or is it to keep them in? And so think about this because we're still talking about the future, the one that they're trying to gradually roll up on us. Think about this. Smart homes. Everything being monitored in your house, your phones essentially being weaponized against you. There's an article that came out again this week where it's talking about how Fedbook is quietly turning on people's mics. We've already talked about how they're transcribing audio conversations over there at Fedbook. Think about this. This is, this is what I mean by the technocracy, by the corporatocracy, by, by, by Fedbook and Google and YouTube and all these other platforms having more control than the government at some point in time. You see, this is, this is, this is the... This is the cyber warfare. This is why I can only title it like the technocracy or the corporatocracy. Because what, what, we're, what we're essentially discussing these days is how the globalization effort is being done online. How the, 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 the revolution will not be televised. It will be censored. The, the globalization, the new world order that's taking place, it's happening because of the advent of technology and social media and what we're doing. Remember when I tell you guys all the time we're not trying to keep up with the Joneses, we're trying to keep up with the Kardashians? We, we're fools because even the Kardashians don't play with all these toys and things. The same way that Steve Jobs doesn't give his kids, uh, Steve Jobs and Tim Cook, they don't give their kids iPads. But it's because we get this perception of, oh, well, this is where status comes from, this is where class, class comes from, this is where wealth is. This is the lie to where, again, we just give more of our power, more of our individuality and our freedom to this all-encompassing system. 
Like, that's the crazy thing. A lot of these celebrities, they have the privacy that we as consumers don't have. In the future, you're going to want to be able to remove yourself from the matrix because, <laughs> and I, sh I should just play this clip for you guys right now. In the future, the same way that oil is gold right now, information will be gold in the future. I'm going to just play for you guys this clip, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get into uh, NBC News basically promoting microchipping. Uh, uh, but this little quick clip, it comes from Frontline, where they did a report on the age, in the age of AI. Just take a listen. The more data, the better the AI works. In the age of AI, where data is the new oil, China is the new Saudi Arabia. There will be a Chinese tech sector, and there will be an American tech sector. Machines are automating some of our skills. When they increase productivity through automation, jobs go away. It has pervaded so many elements of everyday life. How do we make it transparent and accountable? Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, but to the main clip, the main reason why we're talking about all this and what this eventually will lead to is right here, how NBC uses propaganda to promote the benefits of microchipping. That's where we're at, okay? If they can get people to literally offer up their privacy and their security, well, they're only one step away from receiving the mark of the beast. They want to be able to surveil everything. They want geospatial intelligence so they can see you from the sky all the way down to your backyard. And what better way to do that than to give them an RFID chip, a radio frequency identification chip. Put it right inside of your body. It can hijack your frequency, and it can also monitor you. They have to get people in love with all this technology. They have to get them listening to the siren song of technology so they can give over their freedom, so they can give over their individuality, so that they can become drones, robots, all playing along. Here, let's, let's, let's listen. Broadburger goes to work, he doesn't need ID, and he doesn't need money. In fact, much of what he needs to get through the day is hidden right there, just below the surface, in his hand. You want to touch it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, weird, yeah, it's like a grain of rice. Yeah, a grain of rice. Embedded in his hand is a microchip that serves as his keys, his ID, and his wallet. Yeah, it's all on chip, so I just would like to get around the building. Buy snacks. Yeah, exactly. Let's buy some snacks. Exactly. So I can't open it. No. Okay. So what I need to do is I need to first blip my chip, I need to log me in, mm -hmm. and from there I get access to the fridge. Popular TV shows like Black Mirror have imagined chips as part of a dystopian future. Install ingrained procedure with local anesthetic and you're to go. In Sweden, the microchips are already here. The microchip implants use the same technology. Yeah. When Elias Broadburger goes to work. Yeah. We're talking about Three Square Market uh, over there in Sweden. But let's get into this article real quick. It comes from Murgay Tribune. They put this up November 12th. It says mainstream media has become nothing more than government propaganda outlets, as evidenced by NBC's obvious promotion of microchipping. The media outlet is hailing the benefits of getting implanted with a microchip, negating the need for your wallet. Wow. Wow. I can, I can have my personal information hacked all because I don't want to carry around a wallet? Wow, that's, that's, that's great. NBC News segment of microchipping began by pointing out that people who have taken the chip do not need to carry their keys, ID, credit card, or money, you know, because that, that weighs so much. Uh, it points out that embedding microchips in humans have long been a feature of dystopian, dystopian fiction like Black Mirror. 
but that in Sweden, quote, the microchips are already there. The piece also celebrates how the same contactless technology has, quote, made cash pretty much obsolete in Sweden, but it also opens the door wide for tyranny, tracking, mass surveillance, and ultimate government control. Your life could be ruined in an instant for the, quote, crime of not wanting to be a government slave. And no one seems to be pointing this out. <laughs> I think what, if you ask me at the truth at the end of the day, I think what I trip out about is the fact that we're just kind of casually talking about the mark of the beast. Like we're in the days of prophecy and we're just like, yeah, you know, should you get chipped? Should you not? Like, oh, you don't have to carry your wallet. It's like, are you serious? They wrote about what is happening to us in the past today. And we are literally living in that history. We know where this goes. Like, like think of... <laughs> Like, like, think about it. Just last week, we talked about how, what, this guy got publicly shamed for jaywalking in China. The China social credit score system, it publicly shamed a citizen for, 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 for jaywalking. And guess what? That probably got added on to his social credit score. And I'm, I'm sure the Chinese don't have, uh, you know, implantable microchips or anything like that yet. But give it time. Give it time. Because that's where it's going to lead. What happens whenever, and I've said this time and time again, what happens if in the future they give you like a, they give you a Fed, they give you money, but you have to have a Fed book so they can track your movements? What happens if in China in the future, because there's so much, inf so much, so much problems with all this information control and the surveillance, they, they switch all the social credit score stuff to getting a microchip? That way they can just identify you with, with, with HUDs, with heads up displays to where, Officers that have these holographic goggles, they can see your social credit score right there. You have to understand that this is a really, really slippery slope. That's why they're going ahead and calling it surveillance capitalism. It's a race to see who can control, who can monitor, who can surveil the populace, and who can actually get the population to, to as I said before, love their enslavement. Give them, the Amazon give them the Amazon Experience Center. Give them a home equipped with, with an Alexa. To where they can, to where through the Internet of Things, to where they can communicate with their with their house, turn on the TV, turn on the lights, dim the lights, uh, change the temperature, do all these things. Who notices that? And on another level, this is what people have to pay attention to. You get your house online, you get that smart tech, you get a smart home, right? We're talking about the technocracy, the sustainable development, the society, the scientific dictatorship, all your information, everything that's going on online going on inside your house, it's going to be monitored. What happens if you live in a district or you live in a county to where you're not allowed to have X amount of water or gallons and because you have or, uh, water or gallons or, or, or electricity usage and because you have a smart home, the government's able to send a signal somehow to your house to begin to just throttle whatever you have going on in your house. I think people really have to understand the depths of this type of stuff. You see... I mean, just last week, we put out this article from Activist Post where it talks about Sidewalk Labs' smart cities and how they will create a for-profit social credit score system that controls judges and police. Think about that. Project Yellow Book. 
Think about that. A guideline to where Google employees are creating a city. Let's get into this. November 5th. We put this up. We put this up November 5th. It's from Activist Post. It says smart city surveillance is much worse than anyone could have imagined. Two years ago, we revealed how a CIA, quote, signature school was installing thousands of CCTV cameras and microphones in smart cities. But Sidewalk Labs wants to take public surveillance to a whole new level. It says the Globe and Mail revealed that Sidewalk Labs' Yellow Book, a guidebook designed to help Google employees build a city from a smart city from the ground up, would give their employees control over public services. What did I just tell you? Yellow Book describes how Google plans to turn at least four major cities in North America into Sidewalk Labs smart cities. The book proposed to proposed a community that could house 100,000 people on site of up to 1,000 acres and contains case studies for three potential sites in the United States, Detroit, Denver, and Alameda, California. It also includes a map with dots detailing many other potential sites for Sidewalk's, Sidewalk's first project, including a dot placed on the shores of Lake Athabasca in northern Saskatchewan. The fourth area, Toronto's waterfront, has received lots of criticism from privacy experts, with some going so far as calling it surveillance capitalism. I would. The smart city quote the smart city project on the Toronto waterfront is the most highly evolved version to date of surveillance capitalism. U.S. venture capitalist Roger McNee wrote to the city council suggesting Google will quote use algorithms to nudge human behavior in ways to quote favor its business. The yellow book allegedly reveals how Google wants to control city services like Disney World does in Florida. Quote, sidewalk will require tax and financing authority to finance and provide services, including the ability to impose, capture, and reinvest property taxes. The book said the company would also create and control its own public services, including charter schools, special transit systems, and a private road infrastructure. The Globe and Mail also revealed that Sidewalk Labs wants to control a city's police department and justice system. And I'm going to play for you guys this clip. But before I do, just think about this. Can you imagine a, gov- a Google school, right? A Google school, a, a, a Google transportation system, a Google private road infrastructure, a Google police system, a Google justice system. What we're talking about here is just that. What I said before at the start of the segment, when we're talking about smart domestication, we're talking about the breakaway civilization, we're talking about the corporatocracy, the technocracy, the scientific dictatorship, we're talking about the creation of a whole separate uh, parallel community. These will be the people that have the advanced things. These will be the people that have the, the, the brain chips, the microchips. They will have the, neural, the brain and machine neural interfaces. They will have Elon Musk's neural link. They will have all of the data. They will have all the information. We already see it happening over here in Silicon Valley. But what happens whenever they, 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 they get everything greenlit and they're able to start building? You see, right now, these people are our peers. They're regular humans. We know where they live. What happens whenever they are literally off in their own world building their own thing? This is what I mean by the, by the breakaway civilization. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and we will literally only have the privilege to watch them. This is what I mean by there will be no humans in the technocracy. There will only be transhumans in the technocracy. But here, let me play for you guys this clip, uh, and then we'll continue. Well, a plan for a high-tech, internet-connected neighborhood in Toronto has hit a major snag. And Kavukian, a high-profile advisor and former Ontario Privacy Commissioner, is resigning because she says her concerns are not being addressed. 
Now, Sidewalk Labs, a Google sister company, and Waterfront Toronto have submitted a proposal for a 12-acre community on the city's waterfront. The plan calls for the installation of data-gathering sensors such as pedestrian counters. Kavukian fears residents' privacy might be compromised. Well, joining us now is Anne Kavukian herself, and thank you for joining us today to talk about resignation. Uh, you know, we touched upon it in the introduction, but in your own words, why did you decide to resign? I was hired by Sidewalk Labs to embed privacy by design into all of the smart city operations. This is, I developed privacy by design years ago. It's a framework of proactively embedding much needed privacy protective measures. Well, a plan for a high tech internet. So think about that. Google controlled everything. I mean, even, even this week, and this is how crazy and like overwhelming Google's becoming. This is why we really should just like begin to start calling out everything they're doing because it's just, it's outrageous. The level of control and influence these people have is just truly outrageous. But there was an article that came out even this week that talked about how Google is secretly harvesting the, 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 the public health data of millions of people, millions of Americans. Google is secretly harvesting, quote, detailed health data from millions of Americans, report reveals. We put this up November 11th. It's by Activist Post. And, 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 I want to go into this article, but if you have an iPhone and you have the health app, that's how they're doing it right there. There's no other way to explain it to you. When they use, you, when they track you with their location services, when they track your steps, your mileage, your, your mileage, everything you're doing, your heart rate. When you give them the smartwatch, where do you think that stuff's going? Well, of course they're, of course they are harvesting the data from people. We're giving it up. We don't understand what privacy means in this in this day and age. You see, we don't understand what privacy means whenever, whenever we want Amazon experience centers. We don't know what privacy means whenever we beg for the microchip. You see, so you want to talk about the, in, the incredible amount of power that Google has. They're harvesting your personal health data without you even knowing. These people are more informed than your doctors. That's what's crazy. They are literally more informed and more powerful than Big Pharma. You want to talk about the power that Google has, think about everything they have their hands involved in. And now, they're going to go even bigger. I just talked to you guys about how Google's going to have its own charter schools, its own public transportation system, its own private infrastructure, its own uh, police and judges and everything else. Check this out. Google wants to go for broke. Google wants to literally control the world. Google employees are demanding a plan of action on climate crisis. We put this up November 6th. It's from Lucas Nolan via Breitbart, but the good folks over there at Technocracy News put it up. It says, while conservatives are at Google who dare to speak out about who dare to speak out are marginalized and terminated. This will never be the case with climate obsessed employees who demand immediate action from Google on global warming. More than 1,100 Google employees have reportedly called on the Silicon, tech, the Silicon Valley tech giant to release a plan to fix the, quote, global climate crisis, which harms, quote, marginalized people. The Hill reports that more than 1,100 Google employees have signed an open letter this week calling on the tech giant to address the, quote, urgency of the global climate crisis and its disproportionate harm to marginalized people. In an open letter posted to the medium uh, addressed to in an open letter posted to Medium addressed to Chief Financial Officer Ruth Porat, employees called on the, on the company to commit 
to zero emission by 2030 and to no longer enter into contracts that, quote, enable, the, enable or accelerate the extraction of fossil fuels. The letter also requests that the Internet giant cease funding for any think tanks, lobbyists, or politicians that deny climate change. So if there's any politicians out there that are backed by Google that don't support climate change, they're not going to get that Google money. Any businesses that don't get in lockstep with Google to become uh, carbon neutral, producing zero emissions by 2030, they're not going to get that Google money. Again, just think about how powerful Google truly is. But continuing on, it says that the letter also requests that Google commit to zero collaboration with entity with quote entities enabling the incarceration, surveillance, displacement, or oppression of refugees or frontline communities. The letter states, quote, Google is a global company with billions of users across the world, many of whom are already being who are already bearing the brunt of the climate disaster. Google's code of conduct requires respect for users and opportunities. As Google workers, we are committed to putting our users first and our and Google must do the same. A similar letter was shared by Microsoft employees in September, which stated that it was, quote, no longer possible for us to ignore Microsoft's complicity in the climate crisis. The demands from Google employees are pretty much identical to the ones listed by Microsoft employees. The letter from Google employees specifically references efforts by Microsoft and Amazon to combat climate change. And this is what we're, getting, what we're beginning to talk about. The Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the scientific dictatorship, the technocracy, to where you literally have corporations dictating to us what is moral, what is right, what is wholesome, what is decent. The corporations, based on what people buy and all this other stuff, all kinds of other factors I don't want to get into right now, it's the corporations that will guide us into the future. It is the Amazon, it is the Google, it is the YouTube, it is all this you see, and that's why they need more consumers. That's why they need more useful idiots. That's why they need more drones, more automatons, more pe- more of people that consume. That, but don't think they need a specific type of slave, and that's what people need to need, need to understand. And I won't lie to you, gang, uh, because I, I I wanted to get into how this expert solution to climate change or to global warming is to start killing people, because that's 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 what these people are calling for. That's some of the solutions to climate change. So think about the smart domestication that we've gone over, the fact that these people will begin to call for their own culling. Either that or we'll be entertained to death, where all we see is screens and jokes and cat memes. You know, yes, we know Epstein didn't kill himself. But you see, uh, here, let me, let me read you guys real quick, just to go over this. Experts, expert solution to global warming kill millions of people. So I told you guys that there were 1,100 Google employees that, 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 that decided to come together to demand a plan of climate action. There were 11,000 scientists and experts that are calling for mass population control in order to stop climate change. That's what's crazy to me. You have scientists, employees, te- you have the technocrats, the social engineers, the people in the background outright telling you we are going to use climate change, global warming, and other forms of population control to do just that, to, 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 to humanize you, to depopulate you, and to control you. They need serfs. And when you have groups like Extinction Rebellion out there uh, calling it, when you have people that are, that, that, are, that are pushing Omnicide, really think about the world that these people are creating. This is why I'm putting all this part in the, in the smart domestication, because they want you to be a slave. They want you to literally say, it is okay for you to off yourself. 
it's okay for me to kill myself because, well, I don't have anything going and it's better for the planet. And since we're talking about the planet and all of this other crazy stuff, this is a good time for us to start getting into stuff like the Georgia Guidestones. I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to finish off with this. And for people who are unfamiliar as to what the Georgia Guidestones are, they are a granite monument erected in 1980 in Elbert County, Georgia, in the United States. A set of 10 guidelines is inscribed on the structure in eight modern languages, and a shorter message is inscribed at the top of the structure in four ancient languages. And I'm just going to read you guys the, the 10 tenets, right? And, 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 and as I read through this, just think about what Google is doing. Think about what Greta Thunberg has said. Think about the whole environmental movement. Think about the technocracy. Think about scientific uh, uh, dictatorship. Think about what these people are doing, the sustainable development, resource management, and so much more. Just, just keep all these things in mind as I go through some of these tenets. The first one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Three, unite humanity with a living new language. That's what we're seeing today, where they're, where they're literally saying you can't say this with the political correctness and, 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 and the manipulation of the words, word magic, and all this other stuff. This is what they mean by giving us a new language so we don't understand historical words, so we don't understand the power that, that comes with history. There's, there's so, uh, so much with this. Four, rule of passion faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. We're talking about scientism. Uh, five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That's where we're at these days. Uh, six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court, creating the one world government. Uh, say America is not upholding its carbon, its sustainable development goal. It's not reaching its SDGs, Right. Let them handle it internally, and then we'll take that to the global court. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials like Bethel O'Rourke. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. This is, this is, this is all of what Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030 talks about uh, with equal rights, social justice, uh, 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 social justice, racial justice, economic inequality and all this other stuff, everything that, that, that's talked about right there is just that. Getting people, this, this is why you see them talking about toxic masculinity, uh, gender studies, so many different things with that, but that's balancing personal right with social duties. Uh, nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. This is their, this is their version of offering us morals and truths which I'm sure will come from the, from the Vatican. Uh, but 10, and this is, this, is, this is the important part to this OVNI side, to the earth worship, to the Gaia worship, to the agendas, and all of this stuff that we see today. 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Leave room. And that's where we're at today. When we literally have these people telling us that Earth is more important than your life, you need to hurry up and kill yourself, you need to think about what world that looks like. And when you have uh, technocratic giants, big tech giants like Google getting involved in the climate, the climate crisis, in environmentalism and all this other stuff, with, with the power that they already have over America, over the world, and so much more, you have to think about the landscape and the world that these people are trying to create. 
So whenever I tell you that these people will use things like the, uh, like like Google's quantum supremacy and their quantum computers to monitor as much of the world as going on, that's that's not too far off. Unfortunately, we just have to wait for those days to get here. But I tell you what we won't wait for, gang. We're going to take a quick break. And when you guys come back from that break, we're going to be continuing on the theme of the Georgia Guidestones, talking about population control and this new form of paganism, neo-paganism, environmental worship, envi- earth, all this other crazy stuff. We're going to be talking about the statue of the pagan god Molech being erected outside of the Roman Colosseum, as well as AOC promoting drag queen vampires occult shows, some crazy stuff, and then we're going to get into even more depth about this omnicide, these earth worshippers, because that's that's important. And and I'm not I'm not bashing any of this stuff. I think what's crazy about it is just the fanatical nature behind these things. We're going to be getting into this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
and we are back that's right doing what we can trying to fight the good fight make people aware of all this other crazy stuff that's going on you know these days i'm telling you guys i think that's why it's becoming increasingly crazy because no one will ever be able to look back at these days and say this was normal um and i think you know if if these days i gosh you know how do you talk about the erase erasing history like we talked about with the with the georgia guidestones unite the world with a living new language how do you talk about them gradually erasing history trying to rewrite history actively rewriting history this was done in george orwell's 1984 this is this is this is what i mean by why why the days are so crazy but you know i also want to touch on something before i get back into all these topics you know i was i i i, I went to the store the other day and i ran into this cat that i always see there or better yet, he always sees me. I'm just trying to grab my food and go, um, get my groceries and go. But the guy starts talking to me about all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, he's a fanatic about cosplay. He's a fanatic about anime, video games, Hollywood. You know, he's like fired up about Disney, all these other things. And I'm looking at the guy, wondering, like, what else is a... Like what, 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 cause you know, he's like f- frothing at the mouth, essentially so excited to talk to me about cosplay and photography and all this other crazy stuff. Um, shout out to ABQ street meet. They are a, 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 a photography organization out here. I've been trying to get out to, uh, but this guy went to one of the photo shoots and he's all fired up to show me his pictures and tell me about all the stuff he's doing, you know, and, and I'm not downplaying any of that creative stuff. I actually respect it. But I'm looking at this guy, and he's not really able to hold like a, a a conversation or pick up on social cues or basically let me go. You know, he just wants to be my best friend because I'm I'm listening to him for two seconds. And what I'm trying to say is this: this fanaticism that I see wrapping up everybody. Uh, people aren't able to hold conversations. People aren't able to 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 be normal. You know, it's the same thing. Whenever I'm sure because I'm sure you guys all have friends, right? That are just like addicted to games. That's like all they speak. You know, they, they, they literally speak in video game. And I mean, I know I have my nerdy moments, but they speak in video game terms. Oh, the same way that people speak in movies or speak in quotes. Like, this is what I mean by the fanaticism that is, encom- that is encompassing all of us. Uh, you know, early, earlier this week on Instagram Live, I had talked to you guys about how Martin Scorsese, the director of uh, great films such as Goodfellas, Casino, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and so much more, how he, des- how he had described... The Marvel movies, not as movies, but as rides, because not 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 that they've been bought by by Disney, but by the fact that you don't feel inspired when you watch these movies, that you're being taken on a ride, you're you're being told a story, but you don't really feel like a connection or a kinship with these people, and that's that that that's another thing with it as well, uh, and and this is why we speak about the arrested development state, the regression, uh, the ment- the the mental immaturity, uh, and all this other crazy stuff, because all of this stuff is designed. To not have you look within. They want you to be a slave to everything external, but never control anything internal. And not really even be able to foster real relationships with people uh, based on real things that matter. This is why I ask you good people all the time. Do you have prayer buddies? Do you have workout buddies? Like gym buddies? Do you have business partners? Do you have regular friends? Do you have drinking buddies? Do you have a, do you have a multitude of different people to do different things with that can teach you things to do? 
Because this fanaticism, when we all get wrapped up in our own world, it's very hard for us to see things differently or to even appreciate a different point of view. Um, I'll say this and I'll get into the I'll get into the topics. You know, earlier this week, they wrote an article about your boy right here, which you can find in the description bar below. Uh, It was taken down because they were posting public information without our consent. I think that's a felony. Um, But an article was written about me. You guys can find that article as well as the episode to get your own information. I'll put all that stuff in the description bar below written about me. And somehow it showed up on FedBook. And now I don't operate primarily or do any of this type of stuff on my personal Facebook. I leave personal for personal and business for business. Everybody in my old hometown somehow starts to see this, this article. And I, I get messages from people that are concerned, that care. And then I, I begin to get the hate mail. The hate comments, the ignorant comments, the, 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 the comments where people are really unaware of what the heck they're coming at me about. And so after, conf- after basically informing my old buddy, my old high school buddy, about who I am, what I'm doing, about the fact that you have Antifa calling black people uh, white supremacists and Nazis, that's what they were calling me, a race traitor and all this other crazy stuff. Even after telling him this, it, it, the cognitive dissonance took over. He didn't want to hear that. That scrambled his point of view. So he became committed to the lie. And so my point behind just kind of going off on that little side rail, guys, is to show you that this is more pervasive than you think. And this is why I constantly try to tell people, don't worry so much about trying to define your, yourself in this, this crazy time right now. Figure out who you are. Because you have a lot of people telling you who, who, who they are and who you are, and they have no idea. They don't believe in these things. They don't know what to believe in. This is why I tell you guys, I can't feel bad for people no, they don't know how to think. They don't know how to feel. They don't know what to think. This is the problem with, mis- with fake news and misinformation. So my point behind leading in with all this, the fanaticism, the cognitive dissonance, the arrested development, the disassociation from reality, all of this to a certain degree is mental illness. And that's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about people being freaking crazy, dude. And, 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 and that's, 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 that's a whole different discussion. Uh, but just to kind of get back into the topics... But switch things up at the same time. I want to talk. I want to. I want to point this out. Point you guys in the direction of this article. It's a fantastic article. Um, it's over there. It's Sign of the Times. They put this. They put it up November fourteenth. It says pathocracy. When people with personality disorders gain power, and I thoroughly believe that's where we're at today. When I talk about them legalizing lunacy, that's where we're at today. I'm just going to read a little bit of this, and then we're, we're going to get into the statue of Molech that was placed outside of the, uh, the Roman Colosseum. It says, the Polish, the Polish psychologist Andrew uh, Lobozewski spent his early life suffering under the Nazi occupation of Poland, closely followed by the brutality of the Soviet op- occupation after the war. His experience of these horrors led Lobozewski to develop the concept of, pathoc- of pathocracy. This is when individuals with personality disorders, particularly psychopathy, occupy positions of power. Think about these red-headed cops that we see all the time. Uh, look at Amber Geiger, you know, the most recent, the most recent example uh, of off-duty cop goes inside somebody else's house, kills Botham Jean, says she feels sorry for her, feels, feels, feels threatened for her life. Think about that, the concept of these people with personality disorders that occupy positions of power. I mean, look at the crime. Look, look at the domestic, re, the domestic violence, the domestic abuse rates amongst police officers. I mean, we already understand that the world is run by psychopaths. But I wanted to take the time to look at this in depth, so people really understand this is a thing. 
Continuing on, it says Lobozewski devoted his life to studying human evil, a field which he called penology. He wanted to understand why evil people seem to prosper while so many good and moral people seem, seem to struggle to succeed. He wanted to understand why people with psychological psychological disorders are so easily able to rise to powers of position positions of power and take over the governments of countries. Since he was living under a pathocratic regime himself, he took great risks to studying this topic. He was arrested and tortured by the Polish authorities and was unable to publish his life's work, the book Political Polarology, until he escaped to the United States during the 1980s. During the 1980s. So he escaped tyranny to come here and, and tell the world about tyranny. But the crazy part is, is people are so delusional that they don't know that that's how this works, that, they come, that people come here to escape this tyranny. And that's why we're fighting so hard today, is so that that very same tyranny does not show its face today. This is why we have to hold people like Trump accountable. This is why you can't, this is why the boot licking is dangerous. This is why the over, the over, zealous patriotism is dangerous this is why not living in moderation and using your co your common sense logic thinking mind being in this emotionally reactive state that's why that's dangerous but we have got to again have got to again begin to reclaim a level of normalcy and peace and harmony within our lives because all, i'm telling you guys all they're trying to do is push this craziness that was definitely not the intention i went on like a much longer jag than necessary but i think that's important um i'm definitely going to refer back to pathocracy a lot the same way we talk about technocracy and the corporatocracy i'm definitely going to refer back to pathocracy a lot so if you guys you guys need to go read that article i'll put that in the description bar below because it's it's, it's very very important um just to really have a historical understanding of these things so that we don't get caught sleeping that we don't get snuck hit uh, but in this segment, in Corrupting Peace, now we're going to be talking about the statue of the pagan god Molech being entered or being placed at the, the, the entrance of the Colosseum. The reason I want to talk about that in this, in this segment is because think about the symbology of that. And I talked about it this past Sunday on Fellowship and Freedom. You know, the symbology of Molech, the god of child sacrifice, and the symbology of the Colosseum. You know, give them food, give them Netflix and Grubhub, and they'll never revolt. What's the symbology of placing the, 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 the pagan god of child sacrifice in front of the Colosseum? If you ask me, the, the, just the image I get from that, it is now it has been, it's, it's, it's considered fun to throw your child into the arena. It's considered fun to sacrifice your child for the entertainment of everyone. It's, be, it's considered fun to literally abdicate your lineage, your legacy, your history. Child sacrifice, God, the God, the pagan god Molech, taking in children, put burning them inside of a furnace, Planned Parenthood, the Roman Colosseum, where gladiators fight to death. It is considered fun in this dark, occultic, evil, inverted world we're living in these days. It's considered fun to destroy yourself. That's the that's the symbolism I get from it. It's only going to be up there until March 2020, but think about that. We're creating Ouija after school Satan, all witches that bind Trump, magic resistance, all the, the occult takeover. Think about these things, guys, and how crazy all this stuff is. I know people don't think it's, I think people think it's a joke. 
they think it's funny to laugh at these things until we're two, three years down the line. And then, you know, you have drag queens wanting to read to your kids or you have people playing dress up, not cosplay or not any of this other stuff. You see, you have to really understand how perversion works and how deception works, how manipulation works and how they have to plant the seed to let it flourish. Let's get into this article. We put this up November 8th. It comes from Now the End Begins. It's by Jeffrey Greider. It says, statue of the pagan god Molech has been placed at the entrance to the Colosseum, where Christians were slaughtered and fed to lions. A reconstruction of the pagan idol Molech, who demanded child sacrifice, was stationed at the entrance of Rome's Colosseum as part of a secular historical exhibition. When we think of things mentioned in the Old Testament, like scripture regarding the pagan god of child sacrifice, Molech, we have a tendency to think of it in the ancient, dusty, and distant past. Yet Molech continues to be part of the end times landscape here in the 21st century. In fact, a massive statue of Molech was erected in place in front of the Roman Colosseum of all places as part of, the ex- as part of an exhibit on, Carth- on Carthage. You remember the Colosseum. It's the place where the Roman government, which morphed into the Roman Catholic government or the Roman Catholic Church around 325 A.D., slaughtered Bible-believing Christians and fed them to lions. Ah, Rome. Good times. Quote, and they have turned their and they have turned unto me the back and not the face, though I taught them rising up early and teaching them. Yet they have not hearkened to receive instruction, but they set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to defile it. And they built, and they built the high places of Baal, which are the valley of the sons of Hinnon, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire unto Molech, which I commanded to them not, neither came it into my mind, and that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Jeremiah, chapter thirty-two, verses thirty-three through thirty-five. A mere nine days after Molech was stationed outside the entrance to the Roman Colosseum, the leaders of the Roman Catholic Church was conducting a pagan worship service dedicated to Pachamama, the Mother Earth Goddess. In my mind, the two events are inextricably intertwined. When Molech is back on the throne in Rome and the Roman Pope is blessing pagan idols at the Vatican, you know the end of all things is close at hand. So just, just, just think about that. Where are we going with all this? With, 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 where are we going with all this stuff? The worshipping of abominations, the, wor- the worshipping of degradation, of degeneracy, perversions of sin, wickedness. Where are we going with all this? Like, really think about that. There's not even, like, a semblance of what we think of as good. And any, any, any semblance of good is corrupted and taken over to evil. Just like we talked about at the start of the show with these Hong Kong protesters trying to fight for freedom and individuality and now it's descending into chaos any semblance of good these days it gets corrupted or perverted but that's what i'm saying where is this going this this worship of death this worship of evil this cozying up to the dark side this oh this lusting after the this this lusting after the abyss you see where do you think this is going to go well, for AOC, Socialist Representative, Democrat from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for AOC, it goes to promoting vampire occult shows, drag queen vampire occult shows. You know, because not only does she need to literally just hate everything and do all this other crazy stuff, she also needs to 
make a full commitment. We'll play for you guys this, this, this little quick clip, and then we'll get into the article. I thought it was amazing. It was incredible. It was fabulous. I'm like that Lady Gaga moment. Yeah. She's like stunning, amazing, impeccable, genius. You believe from the revolutionary of our time. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for being here. All right, yeah, so... It was so amazing. It was incredible. It was fabulous. I'm like that Lady Gaga moment. Yeah. She's like, stunning, amazing, impeccable, genius. You believe from the revolutionary of our time. <laughs> I love you so much. That's scary. Either AOC is a good actor or she actually felt like, you know, flattered by this, by, by whatever's going on here. Uh, and for audio listeners, you know, you guys lucked out. You cannot see this clearly, what, like six-foot-tall man standing over this woman with, like, a turtleneck and a shaved head wearing, like, a pink velvet turtleneck with lipstick on, uh, extremely extremely high cheekbones, makeup, and all this other crazy stuff, and a ball ahead. Dude looks crazy. Not going to lie. Dude looks nuts. Uh, but this this is what is being promoted. Let me get in this article. It says Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez promoted a drag queen's bizarre performance tour on social media Monday, calling the individual, quote, fabulous, incredible, and genius. AOC gushed over drag queen Sasha Velour's one-man show called Smoke and Mirrors, which he bills as an, quote, effortless blend of drag, visual art, and magic. Quote, I thought it was amazing. It was incredible. It was fabulous. Ocasio-Cortez exclaimed. Quote, I'm like that Lady Gaga moment where she's like stunning, amazing, impeccable, genius. Quote, can you believe this? From the revolutionary of our time, I love you so much. That's what you guys heard right there. Volura's website claims his 27-city performance tour serves to, quote, unmask deeper truths, sparking fresh analysis of gender, fame, family, and the importance of dreaming big and living life over the top. Velour introduces audiences to a whole new side of artistry through 13 dazzling and genre-busting lip-sync performances, all directed and choreographed by the queen herself. You'll be on the edge of your seat as she explodes into rose petals, vanishes into a puff of smoke, saw herself in the staff, conjures a rainstorm, and even transforms into a tree in front of your eyes. Just to name a few. But the real magic is the way that the illusions and the deceptions serve to unmask deeper truths, sparking fresh analysis of gender, fame, family, and the importance of dreaming big and over the top. The left is normalizing drag queens to promote their gender-bending agenda and indoctrinate children to a philosophy that rejects the nuclear family and elevates degeneracy and hedonism. And this is your congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This is your congresswoman encouraging this i'm just saying you know and uh, just since we're here talking about drag queens and all this other crazy stuff and degeneracy and hedonism uh, i think it's only appropriate for us to bring up our resident star desmond is amazing i'm not going to play i'm not going to go into the article uh, but recently desmond is amazing made it a appearance at the national design awards and basically he was just being lusted after by all kinds of onlookers. You know, they, they said, how sexy is that kid over there? Dress, dressing, dressing strangely. All hopped up on ketamine, doing God knows what. You know, isn't, isn't he just, gosh golly, awesome? So this is what they're pushing onto the kids. This is what I mean by corrupting peace, robbing people of their innocence. This, this, is, this is what's going on. I wonder what the magic is there. You see... 
And the reason why we're having to kind of step up, not necessarily the grime of the show or, or, or what's going on, the reason we're kind of having to approach things in this manner is to really look at how, how we, where we are. Like, this is, again, not normal. In, in any way, shape, or form, this is not normal. But it's happening, and that's the even crazier part. Is it's happening? They remember the straight pride parade that we had uh, tried to report on earlier this year. That didn't happen because the very same people that are talking about tolerance, respecting other people, and doing all this other stuff, they didn't respect the idea of that. You see, the reason we're talking about this type of stuff is because it's dangerous. These things are being taught to children. And kids don't really know the difference. They're not really able to, I don't want to say think for themselves, but they're not able to fight back against the programming. You know, I wanted to formally take a stab, pun intended, uh, at that video that came out a few weeks back, literally on, uh, literally on Halloween, from the drag queen that, that, that did a demonic performance. I think the best way, that's the best way to describe it. It's a demonic performance. It's a spirit cooking ritual. And ironically enough, it's the very same drag queen that, that, that uh, AOC was just gushing over. The very same drag queen that AOC was just like awestruck by was the one that was doing this satanic performance. So I'm not going to play it in its entirety. If you guys want to check it out, you can find it on our Instagram TV. Currently, this video has like over 60,000 views on our channel. Uh, but just... Here's the, here's the headline. Drag queen simulates cutting, cutting baby out of her womb and drinking blood. That's where all this stuff leads. It's not a performance. You know, call it what it is. It's a ritual. Yeah, I won't lie. I can't. I can't watch anymore. If you guys want to watch it, you can. You guys can go to our Instagram TV and you can watch it because I'm not going to play it over here on the show. That's demonic. And I'm not down to invite that stuff into my life and I'm not down to put that type of stuff on your life. I'm really not. I think it's crazy that I'm willing to put a, a, a warning sign on drag queens simulating abortion, but I will not put a warning sign on cops killing people. That's what I'm telling you. That is more damaging to your psyche to watch that than it is for you to see a cop kill someone. I'm not saying I condone any of this type of stuff. What I'm trying to tell you guys is this is the damage that's being done to generations. This is, this is why it's becoming like almost, I'm at a loss for words on really how to describe this type of stuff. And that's why you really have to call it out. But here, let's get in this article so I can start wrapping stuff up for you guys. It says parents file lawsuit against school for teaching a six-year-old that there's no such thing as girls and boys. This piece comes from, no, from News Bunch. It's by Baxter Dimitri. They put this up November 13th. And I'm going to play for you guys real quick uh, this clip that comes from the – from what, what, what's the channel? It comes from, an, it comes from a YouTube channel uh, where, they, where they focus on specifically LGBTQP stuff. It's called uh, Queer Kids Stuff. And, and this – segment in this episode it's called he she they but uh here let's take a listen some people are boys some people are girls 
and some people are people. There are also people who are trans or transgender. People who are trans do not identify with the gender doctors tell them they are when they are born. But we're going to talk about what it means to be trans in a later episode. Okay, I think I understand, but all of this is a little confusing. If there are boys and girls and people and all of them can wear ties and dresses, then how can I tell who is what gender? That's actually really easy, Teddy. All you have to do is ask someone what their pronoun is. A pronoun is the word you use to talk about someone when you don't use their name, like he for boy, she for girl, and some people use they. When you meet someone, just ask them what their pronoun is. Lindsay. Crazy. And this this is what they're teaching the kids. But let me get in this article. It says. Uh, parents who filed a complaint against the school where their six-year-old daughter was being taught that, quote, there's no such things as girls and boys, have now filed a lawsuit against the school board, principal, and the teacher with the assistance of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. According to the school system, the lessons on gender are intended to be, quote, inclusive. However, Pamela Buffon says her six-year-old daughter was left, quote, confused and distressed. She was just figuring out that animals are divided into boys and girls when she met, when she met a new dog on the street. For example, she would ask, is it a boy or a girl? Buffon said, the teacher who taught a first school, the teacher who taught a first grade class at Devonshire Community Public School in Ontario, Canada last year presented a YouTube video on gender called He, She, and They, Gender Queer Kid Stuff Number 2, which is part of the lesson plan that day, Pamela Buffon told the Post Millennial earlier this year. Buffon and her husband uh, subsequently filed a complaint with the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal against the school system after their daughter started worrying she, quote, might not be a female. After watching that video, Christian Report, Christian Post Report uh, says that last week the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, a legal advocacy organiza- organization specializing in Canadian constitutional law that is representing the Buffons and their daughter, filed an amended application noting that the child's right to security of the person and inequality under relevant sections of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms were infringed. Radio Canada International reported Tuesday, quote, she was very passionate about all kinds of social justice topics, most of which our daughter really enjoyed learning about. Buffon said her daughter, both Buffon said of her daughter, who is now attending a different school in an interview with Radio Canada International. So you have people beginning to fight back against this transgender agenda because that's exactly what it is. People don't want their kids being programmed. You know, I, I, <laughs> there's a teacher that's literally saying that boys need to be castrated. This is part of that radical feminism that's going on out there. And so, again, where is all of this? Where is all of this taking us? That's what people need to understand. This lunacy, this chaos, this uh, pathocracy, this 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 mental illness, this degeneracy, this perversion. Where is all this stuff taking us? You got people giving up on life, you know, just blissing out, not caring, uh, losing their minds. Where is all of this taking us? And I think people really need to ask that question. I mean, just last week, we talked about how social media is driving a divide between uh, society and how millennials are developing this inferiority complex. Where is this type of stuff leading us? This is all part of a dehumanization and a demoralization campaign to literally get people to abdicate their divinity. Because, and I've talked about this time and time again, uh, no one can take your relationship with God away from you. 
They can take your car. They can take your house. They can take your accounts. They can take your pages. They can take everything you're doing, your insurance. That's what's happened to the unfortunate people over there in California whenever they're calling uh, to collect on insurance. They've been dropped. They can take all these things away from you, but they can't take your relationship with God and the eternal. That's why over in China, you, see, you hear them coming right after the Chinese Christians, they, destroying their churches, messing with their faith. No one can take that from you. That's why they had to remove faith, religions, and spirituality from the world and replace it with sub- submission, obedience, and oppression. This is why you radically see them shifting everything. Where is all this stuff going to take us? This world that they're trying to create. It's going to take us here to where you have omnicide, to where you have earth, more earth worshippers than you think that have a desire to make humans extinct. When you have organizations going outright saying they want to kill you. That's where this goes. In the name of good. Let me get into this article. We put this up November 4th. It's from Max Lavo over there at Sons of Liberty Media. It says, Omnicide is defined as the extinction of humans at the hand of humans. And more people than you, th- than you could imagine want humanity to become extinct. And are eerily, and eerily enough, we now have the technology to make it possible. Talks about race-specific bioweapons and atomic warfare and all this other stuff. But uh, continuing on, it says, With the invention of the atomic bomb, the ultimate self-destruction of humanity and our extinction became possible. Right now, the governments of the world could eliminate humanity with nuclear weapons if they choose to do so. They could also, most likely, exterminate everyone but themselves as they relax in their safe houses and bunkers built to withstand a nuclear apocalypse. may not be this, this crop of politicians, but what do you think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is going to produce? Do you think those types of sociopaths and psychopaths, do you think they'll push the button? Continuing on, it says, my own research suggests that the percentage of people who would push a doomsday button, if it were placed within a finger's reach, is fairly small. But the absolute number is, is unacceptably high. Even a quick Google search confirms this. One zero dot medium. Some groups, such as the Gaia Liberation Front, an eco-terrorist group, want everyone dead. GLF says that their mission is total liberation of the Earth, which can be accomplished only through the extinction of the humans as a species. In advocating this, they argue that if any humans survive, they might start the whole thing over again. Our policy is to take no chances. GLF contends that bioengineering is the specific t- is quote the specific technology for doing the job right of, annoh- of annihilating humanity, and it's something that could be done by just one person with the necessary expertise and the necessary equipment. Think about that. They're literally talking about bioterrorism. And I'm telling you, it's going to be these eco-fascists that are down to carry it out. It's these people that are being produced right now in this times of chaos that are going to be doing all this crazy stuff. It is the nihilists. It's the atheists. It's the people who are apathetic, who do not care, who have no attachments, no history, no family, no love. They don't care about nothing, least of all you. They'll push that button. They'll come for, they'll come for your guns, too. They'll come for your family. They don't care. And this is another, if you want to get into a spiritual part of it, Part of these people don't feel anything until they actually start doing evil things. They get off being evil and wicked. But continuing on, it says, uh, they continue, quote, genetically engineered viruses have the advantage of attacking only the target species to complicate the search for a cure or a vaccine and as insurance against the possibility that some humans might be immune to a particular virus, several different viruses could be released with with provision being made for the release of a second round after the generals and the politicians had come out of their shelters. Technologies such as these gene drives, digital to biological converters, and CRISPR-Cas9 are making it increasingly feasible to synthesize designer pathogens that could be far more devastating than any found in nature. 
responded one zero dot medium. So we're in the days of talking about nihilist apath nihilists, uh, apathetic nihilists who really don't care. Suicide, suicidal Satanists, body dysmorphia, mental illness, legalized lunacy, pathocracy. We're talking about this type of stuff because this is where we're at. That's why we, ha we have to figure these things out. Don't fall deeper into the delusion and into the deception. Begin to be aware of it so that you can fight it. Don't become a slave to all these things that they want to turn you apart, turn you into. Get control of yourself. How can you defend how can how can you defend yourself? How can you be any good to the community if you're being a scumbag, if you're being a, a waste of space? You see? It's gonna be these type of people, the ones that are doing all this crazy stuff, the ones that don't care and aren't attached, that don't have a real connection to anything. These will be the people running the FEMA camps and the concentration camps and the thought transformation centers. These are gonna be the people that Hillary puts into power because they don't believe in anything. They fall for everything, they stand for nothing. They've given up. These are the useful idiots. These are the drones that we keep telling you guys about. And this is why I'm trying to tell you the concept of corrupting peace is a very, very deceptive one. They have to get people to get to, to they have to win people over through deception to buy into the lie. That's why this this whole segment is so it, it, it's 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 meant to be ambiguous, because when I tell you that they're coming for the future, it is the kids. It is through us. It is through the information. It is through 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 so many other things. I wanted to get into this article and, and, and about how Extinction Rebellion, uh, this eco-environmental, this eco-fascist group that made headlines a few weeks back, how they released a music video showing Parliament burning and Downing Street flooded with MPs wearing gas masks. But my whole point behind doing that is to show you what this next generation wants. They don't care. They want to burn it down. They, they aren't invested. You hear it from them. What's the point in studying? If the world's going to end in 10 or 12 years, my life means nothing. Let's just get this thing started. You have accelerationists who want to kill everything. And I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm trying to say, look at the writing on the wall. Really, really be aware of what world these people are trying to create because we have got to start fighting for a better one. But I'm telling you that a pro-human renaissance-based future is not in our cards. It's because they are purposely trying to rob that from us. They don't want us to access the divine. They don't want us to understand the eternal. They don't want us to categorize the ethereal. They want us to be dumb, useless idiots ready to kill ourselves, slit vertical. You see, this is why this is so dangerous. This is why they've polluted us with drugs. This is why, why they feed us garbage, why they give us trashy celebrities to look up to. This is why they do everything they do. And you have to understand, it's scientific. I mean, what? <laughs> Right now, I know, and I know I'll catch some flack about this, but right now, what? Uh, coming up into the weekend, Kanye West is going to be performing with Joel Osteen, you know, and I guess we have to be grateful because this is gradually, this is some form of a revival, I guess. You have some people getting involved in religion. I hope it's not for that fanatical reason that I mentioned beforehand, but for authentic, deeper spiritual relationships. But, but this is what I mean. Look at the days that we're in, the discernment that's not being taught. The critical thinking skills that are that are that are that are quickly going down the tube, our IQ scores, our longevity, are all these things. We're being soft killed, and the only way to fight it—this was one of the questions we got asked earlier this week on Instagram Live: How to combat the New World Order? Is recognize the programming, begin to regain control of your life. It's not going to be easy. These things are hard. And the, and the times are only going to get harder. The only thing that's going to happen, the only thing that's, that, that, that will change is how we respond to them. 
what we allow to happen for us so that we can create a better community and a future, not only for ourselves, but for everyone else that comes after us. You see, these days are getting increasingly crazy, and I think we all understand why. That's why we have to get control of ourselves so that we can get control of the future. Vote with your dollars. Vote with your lifestyle. Pull back. Don't be a slave to your, to your emotions. Don't be a slave to everything external. Get control of yourself. That's what I tell you guys. Your religion and your relationship with God, the eternal, whatever you want to call it, that cannot be taken from you. And you can create a lifestyle based around that faith and that belief that cannot be taken from you. And it's this conscious awareness that's going to get us out of it. It's this renaissance that's going to get us out of it. It's this creativity that is meant to fight conformity. And that's why we're here. To fight this until we can't anymore. To go tooth and nail into history. With this beast. To go toe in toe against the dark side. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Unstable Horizons. Smart domestication and corrupting. Peace. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. Okay. I know. As always, we typically go over a lot of different things, but it's to give you good people that comprehensive view of what's happening right now. Like I said, I'll put the link for the uh, Proud Boy article that they did about us earlier this week, as well as the Pathocracy link uh, in the local article and even the link to the Georgia Guidestones in the description bar below. This episode was completely information packed this whole week is completely information packed and this is exactly why i'm telling you guys we need to revolutionize our delivery mechanism the information is only going to keep coming and all we can do is figure out how to diversify it for you guys the fight is on the signs on the wall the writings on the wall it's a sign of the times however ladies and gentlemen that's all i really have for you guys and gals if you have any questions feel free to email me i'll have it in the description bar below and as always guys and gals stay vigilant Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out. This is a fucking banger.